Welcome to the Intelligence Briefing for Friday the 24th of 2020. My name is E.J. Nazario and here are the top polemical news articles for today. Muslim Nation proposes letting rapists go if they marry their victims. A new bill in the nation of Turkey that is being called the Marry Your Rapist Bill would release rapists from their court-appointed punishment if they marry their rape victims. The law only allows rapists to do so if the girls they rape are under 18. Yes, you heard that right. If you're keeping track of the news associated with the atrocities in that first paragraph, the law would legitimize child rape and child marriage until pressured by the United Nations, other Islamic countries like Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Morocco, Tunisia, and Palestine all had similar laws that would allow rapists to escape harsher sentences or avoid punishment altogether if they could talk the girl's parents into handing them over for marriage. This would prevent the young girls and their families from suffering the stigma of having children out of wedlock and lessen the odds they would be murdered in a honor killing by a family member. A campaign group called We Will Stop Femicide says that 409 women were murdered by a family member in the country in 2017, a rise from 237 four years prior. The United Nations and various human rights organizations are trying to prevail upon Turkey and abandon this law and get it squashed in Turkish parliament. Suad Abu Dayeh, an equalist activist, told the press, quote, I applaud the brave work of women's rights, campaigners in Turkey who are taking a stand against a discriminatory bill and pushing back against regressive forces that are seeking to remove current legal protections for girls. Similar marry a rapist legal provisions have been on the statute books of countries across the Middle East and North Africa, end quote. This, by the way, should be another great reason why we should thank God for the opportunity to live in the U.S. SBC appointee says it isn't good that Trump is pro-life. Wouldn't you think that the first president of the United States appearing in the anti-abortion March for Life would make someone at the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the ERLC, happy? It's not so for Thomas Kidd, an appointee and prominent research fellow appointed to the ERLC. Lead Russell Moore, a former Democratic staffer, there is a strong anti-conservative bias at the convention's lobbying arm. Last week, Kidd claimed that evangelicals who support Donald Trump are anti-immigrant and racist. Last fall, Kidd went out of his way to tell people it was okay to vote for pro-abortion proponents. And now, Kidd says that he wishes Trump did not oppose abortion. Kidd says it's not good for the President of the United States to be associated with the pro-life movement. His argument seems to be that the pro-life movement will be hurt if the most powerful man in the world supports it. Now let's ask ourselves a very good question. Whose side is the ERLC really on? They're Democrat foxes in the Southern Baptist henhouses. That's what they are. As Trump goes to march for life, Mike Pence meets with Pope. Pope Francis welcomed U.S. Vice President Mike Pence to the Vatican on Friday in a meeting that highlighted the Trump administration's alliance with the Catholic Church in matters of life and religious freedom. Pence's visit to the Vatican coincides with the U.S. President Donald Trump's presence at the January 24th March for Life in Washington, D.C., the first time a U.S. President has attended the event. 
Quote, I wanted to extend the warmest greetings on behalf of President Donald Trump, who so enjoyed his visit here, said the vice president to Pope Francis through an interpreter during the visit. In March 2017, just six months after his election, President Trump visited the Vatican with the First Lady Melania Trump, other members of the Trump family and members of his new administration. Trump's 2017 audience with Pope Francis focused on their joint commitment to life and freedom of religion and conscience. The Holy See Press Office did not release a statement on today's meeting between Pope Francis and Mike Pence, as its policy is to revere such statement for visits by heads of state. However, videos from today's visit, which took place in the Papal Library of the Apostolic Palace, show a cordial meeting between the two. For more information, visit pulpitandpen.org and continue reading this great article. Former seminary president's church withholding tithes from SBC until liberal ERLC changes or is abolished by Reformation Charlotte. A growing number of Southern Baptists and SBC churches are becoming extremely frustrated with the politics of the denomination's most influential entity, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, or better known as the ERLC, as it continues to push progressivism in the name of Christianity. Recently, the denomination's propaganda outlet published a demonstrably false article that denied any ties that the ERLC leadership had with George Soros. The links to the progressive billionaire are not merely quote-unquote conspiracy theory, but easily attainable facts. The ERLC has pushed for such measures as amnesty and mass immigration that would undermine the current U.S. law and recently, Russell Moore, the ERLC's head, published an article that essentially said if you're not pro-social justice, you're not pro-life. Alex McFarlane is a prominent speaker and apologist and former president of Southern Evangelical Seminary in Matthews, North Carolina. McFarlane is now director of the Center for Christian Worldview and Apologetics at North Greenville University. He recently announced that his Southern Baptist Church is withholding its funds from the denomination's cooperative program until either the ERLC changes or is eliminated. Here's what he said. That ERLC is still a line item at SBC budgets is bad stewardship. The church I now pastor is withholding cooperative program giving until the ERLC is changed or eliminated. Other SBC churches should do the same. Cronyism and progressivism are killing a once great denomination. End quote. Good for them. If Southern Baptists stop giving money to this progressive political mouthpiece, it will eventually disappear. And by that, we mean shut up. The Intelligence Briefing is brought to you by Pulpit and Pen, and is also brought to you by the generous contributions of our patron sponsors who monthly support the Polemics Report with J.D. Hall, therefore providing this briefing to you for free. To become a patron supporter and have access to the rest of our additional content, including the Polemics Report with J.D. Hall, visit pulpitandpen.org and click on the Donate button today. Until next time, my name is E.J. Nazario, and I'll see you here at the Intelligence Briefing. Thank you.